One thing I think is really important for us to discuss, but is maybe not pod material, is did you guys watch the Q&A with the students afterwards? Okay, well, there was this one part where Mrs. Prada is talking about how she didn't like something and Raph convinced her. Like yeah. in her whole life, she's never used this. Yeah. And she 100% said penis stripe. That's what I heard. I heard that. <laughs> yes. I, I, I heard that. Um, I, that was like one of the first three questions and I heard it and I was like, she just said penis. And I didn't even hear stripes. I just heard like, I thought she was saying penis straps, <laughs> which is pretty sick. And sounds like something Raph would make, a penis strap. Um, and then I didn't actually even know it was pinstripe until I read Leach's uh, Vogue review and where it, it says pinstripe. And I was like, oh my God, that's what she said. I liked how Misha was just wearing uh, wearing her mask like on her bicep, around her bicep. Yeah. It tucked into the so top of her rolled up. So yeah. cool. I'm going to start doing that. The 118th episode of Corporate Lunch is an episode unlike any other. It is uh, entirely dedicated to one momentous fashion event that occurred, uh, I think, within 24 hours of us recording. Um, and it is uh, the, the first ever Prada menswear show under the uh, creative direction of, of Mrs. Mucha Prada and, and none other than the Belgian uh, youth speaker, Raph Simmons, Rafe Simones. How, how should we, you guys want to do some like first impressions? How, how do you guys want to begin? So much to say and talk about. So many, so many body suits to uh, indulge in. Yeah, let's do some first impressions. It's not the first ever Prada show under the creative direction of Mrs. Prada and Raph. It is the second, but it is the first menswear show. And there was only men. There was not a single woman, which is not typical of a Prada show, right? Anyway, it's the Fall 21 Prada collection. That's what it is. That's what's important. I don't know. My first impression, or like one thing I think that's remarkable is just how it looks exactly like a, a, a collaboration between Prada and Raph Simmons. It's like, it's crazy how much, uh, how like on the nose it is. Like they didn't combine forces to like develop something entirely new. They sort of combined forces, took their strengths and kind of like just, collaborate in a really cool way can you can you explain a little bit more like what some of her strengths and his strengths are that you saw in this collection for sure like all that geometric and like deco and sort of argyles knitwear all that knit stuff is very prada and then all those shapes those big mm -hmm. overly shouldered overly shouldered jackets and giant sweaters those are extremely wrapped those big those big bombers are rough, but then of course that, that three nylon, which is such a Prada thing. The bomber is a perfect example. It's this massive bomber that's a total wrap silhouette. And then it's this extremely Prada fabric and sort of like treatment, you know, instead of having like patches yeah. attached with safety pins, it's got like sort of slick, slick Prada branding. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I got a million other things to say, but I've already said too much. So let's hear your first impressions um one one thing that i really am into about this collection is you know everyone was sort of talking about the long johns um which we should get yeah. into but i was really taken by the by the clingy sleeves like the under shirts that were exposed by the super rolled up um suits pinstripe suits 
I'm not really into that as like a styling, like the, like, you know, bunching up your, your, your suit sleeve, um, your jacket sleeve to your armpit, to your armpit. But I do like that styling move to wear like a really sort of like geometric or metallic clingy undershirt and expose it, like expose your forearm. And I see people doing that, like, you know, on the streets, like that's, that's sort of like, um, that feels like a real thing that's actually happening. So I'm excited to see people like maybe buy some of these, these like clingy under turtlenecks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see like those clingy pieces, Sam, that you're talking about as well as the really fitted long johns, because that's like a very big silhouette in women's wear right now. This kind of super physical, um, very fitted kind of either gauzy or like lycra based fabrics um and it was interesting to see those in a menswear context but I guess like the more that I think about it and it was interesting to see it here too because I mean this show was like a a real departure from the women's collection that we saw I guess that was back in October in the sense that that collection seemed to be about technology and these like kind of um big statements about, or not like big statements, but these like pretty firm statements about glamor, which is a very large idea. And this was very much about like intimacy and tactility, you know, like they're, they're all the rooms were filled with fur and like, you know, the knits were very, I mean, knits themselves are always like very touchable, but um, and very physical. So there was like, it just felt like a kind of a, a thematic departure and I, th- the more I think about it, the more I feel like it's less that they're trying to make a statement about modern manhood and maybe more that now that they're doing all these collections together, it's like, it kind of doesn't matter as much. Like, this is what we think about women right now. And this is what we think about men right now, but rather these are their like four opportunities each year to just talk about what they're thinking about. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So like rather than, I mean, you usually see like, and Noah, this is something I know that you've spoken up about a lot too, is that like you kind of see the the themes for one show being worked out in the other in terms of the men yeah. and women's collections um, responding to each other, particularly with Prada. Um, but it feels like now they're just kind of like, they're thinking about so many different things that rather than kind of tethering these ideas to one gender or another, it's like they're working on these different like theses or problems or issues with each collection, regardless of which kind of, um, you know, gender it is that they're designing for. So a lot's being made of the, the, uh, the base layer, um, which and Raph and Mrs. Prada seem to have discussed this as, you know, their intent and uh, as the base layer, these like either, it seems to me it's either a one piece or, or separate. It's not always just a one piece, but I can't totally tell. But that was sort of the beginning of this for them. And it was about like the architecture of the body and this stuff. But like, and then, and then, you know, Kathy Horn and, and um, Luke Leach at Vogue and Kathy Horn at New York Mag kind of, like, that's what everyone's writing about and talking about, which I feel like is, it's like a cool, uh, not a gimmick, but it's like a, 
I like uh, I like dressing in like systematic kind of dressing, you know, where you have like these systems and you have like a base layer and a mid layer and an outer layer. And then you can kind of like infinitely play with that. And and I just feel like it was like a really uh, elegant and like logical way of like layering and wearing clothes and not necessarily like the big story of this collection, which was um, in the color and the texture and the shapes does that make sense mm-hmm. do you think the one piece base layers have butt flaps you know like <laughs> like like if, yeah. like if like if you were skiing in them or something yeah it needs to have i mean you could have a butt yeah you need a butt flap or it's just like there's a waistband in the back and and it's connected in the front like from hip to hip in the front but then from hip to hip in the back it's like an elastic waistband and the shirt part falls over the bottom part. I've thought a lot about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can you poop in your, in your Prada <laughs> long John? Is it, I mean, it's a big question. The downer of the show was the casting. Um, I mean, it was fine. A lot of good looking guys that looked extremely cool, but I just thought it was very one, one note. I don't know. They were very, they all kind of had the same body type. It was, somewhat diverse as far as I remember. They didn't all look the same, but they all kind of had the same body type, which... They were all first-time models, like, or, or this was... Oh, this really? Was, yeah, all the models. Yeah, that's like kind the, of their thing. Like with the women's show, oh. um, the, the first RAF uh, Mutual Women's show, the models, um, none of them had, like, walked in a runway show before. They're all first-timers. Huh, I didn't know that. I mean, that's cool. And they did look good. And I'm not, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not this isn't coming from a place of like uh uh body positivity and like age inclusion and all these other things but i just think it's nice to see a show and see people that look all kinds of different ways like it just i don't know it just feels modern and it's nice to see the clothes that way but but um well, and that's, you know some that's, of those that's always but, kind of like been a prada strength too is yeah, that totally like cause like Old the guys. casting is so important and they have that like a like i always think about that fall 2012 coats show where like adrian brody and like willem dafoe were walking in the (laughs) show wearing these insane like astrakhan coats um and it did feel like if the show was gonna be a little kinky which it seemed like that was a bit of the idea not like the lead idea but it seemed like if the idea was for there to be some kink the models could have been a little sexier yeah um but alas i mean i don't i don't know i don't get too into like casting decisions and stuff like that it's like let's look at the clothes i mean i feel like the sleeper um of this collection is the trouser the black trouser and and I bring that up because I, I'm pretty sure Raf has said he primarily wears Prada, black Prada trousers and has I, for many years, as I, as I recall. So that feels like one cool thing that, like, that had to be an exciting moment for him to be like, all right, this is my shit. Black Prada trousers. I know him. I love him better than anyone. Now I get to kind of like do my thing to him. And I thought, I mean, some of them were like super skinny, but sort of, uh, uh, just just you know, beautifully cut, and then there were the kind of wider ones that sort of pulled up. Um, I loved the wider I, ones. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, it just seemed like almost every look that didn't have like a knit trouser had had that black pant. And then the other thing I want to say that's kind of related is there wasn't a single sneaker or even like a, it was, it was a very uh, uh, formal or sort of dressed up uh, affair, right? There was no sportswear. There was nothing sporty. Yeah, there were these like chunky, I guess they're, they're like lace ups, but they're really chunky. Like they almost have like a platform. Yeah, it's like the chunky platform derby. They're um, extremely with like the, with cool. Like, a lot of them have mock toes. I feel like this is going to be a very influential collection. Like, not that there's a bunch of like big new radical ideas in it necessarily, but it felt like it had the right mix of like extremely well executed like fashion and commercially viable and and commercial stuff Mm -hmm. um you know from two giants of from two giants of fashion i just feel like it's it's like the type of collection that will be kind of referenced a lot in the future if that makes sense i think you're right i think everyone's gonna want that bomber jacket yeah and the gloves with the little pockets like in a way that I don't like not every RAF or product collection is like memorable, you know, I mean, they've been doing it for a very long time and there's obviously like phenomenally great stuff they've done. And then there's, there's stuff that's less memorable, but this feels, this feels kind of like a momentous one to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? How, how do you rate this in the, in the, uh, in the legacies of these two fashion masters? I mean, I'm curious, what, what are your guys' favorite product collections? And, like, where does the stack up compared to those? Like, which ones do you, always, which ones do you guys always sort of go back to? For me, the best menswear collection is the fall 2012 with all the cool, du- like, older dudes. That was my yeah. favorite. This is, like, a recent one, and maybe that's why I'm, like, just reaching for an easy one. But I think it was fall 18 with the... Um, fall 18 with the like wasn't that like the insane like hand mitt geometric sweaters and fur belts and big corduroys and stuff and the guys with beards yes i thought that was i think that was fall 16 that one's my favorite too with with the furry belts and like the super 70s and all the cord all the corduroys yeah i think like if i could find one of those product one of those sweaters that would be kind of a that would be a life event for me just a quick fact check that was fall winter 17 noah all right the fall winter 17 one of the greatest of all time yeah i don't know there's lots of good ones i can't i don't have like i don't have them i I could have prepared that list that would be a fun list to do yeah let's do that next week or something Uh, i'm curious i haven't i've been kind of uh i've been just chopping and stacking wood for the last few days what's how was the live stream event did was there like Rachel, I know you were tweeting for GQ and Steph was on Vogue and that seemed like fun. How was the, did this generate a lot of energy like as it was live streaming and what's the like conversation been like about the collection or just the the event of it? It's really interesting you should ask that because this is, I'm working on my piece now and this is about that. So um, for the most part, people have been kind of like picking through it in the days afterwards and the response from like a lot of 
my friends who work in fashion and like other writers and critics has been like, oh, this was kind of, I thought it was okay at first, but the more I look at it, the more I really like it, which is something that happens a lot with Prada. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, but the interesting thing is that Mrs. Prada and Raph were adamant that there was like no theme and that yeah. it was just intended, the collection was just intended to elicit sensations and emotions and a feeling of connection and tactility which is like you know normally Prada is filled with easter eggs you know like oh this is a yeah. reference to this collection and that collection and da 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 and someone actually dm'd me on instagram and was like is this supposed to be like a secret message about riot 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 because like i've noticed a lot of the <laughs> same silhouettes and that kind of thing and it's really interesting to see that like the sort of prada cult that has emerged online and that has always existed but i feel like is now entering like a second life that is so eager for these um kinds of like symbols and references and trying to create a sense of meaning around these collections by finding d connections to earlier works or to um, earlier collections or pieces or various kinds of parts of the Prada iconography. And the, the show that they did in the fall, the women's wear show definitely played into that. I mean, I thought it was like almost like a collection about the cult of Muccia Prada um, but yeah. this collection was doing something quite different and it's interesting to see that like people are I don't think that 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 um, intention of the collection has quite sunk in for people yet I saw I think I read somewhere that there's a suggestion that the the Prada badges going at like the top center of some of the pieces like a, a nod to Margiela Oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. Which um, I think, I sort of think that's preposterous personally. And I would bet if you look, I mean, lots of people put things there and I bet if you looked, Prada's done it lots before, but it's kind of a fun, just just adding uh, Margiela's name to this uh, duo is just sort of interesting. Um, I mean, you know, he doesn't make fashion anymore, but. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, interesting like the thought that I had was that you know when I was first watching it yesterday being used to like thinking about Prada in the way that we're talking about there are a bunch of like pea coats in the middle of the con collection and I was like oh well when like Christian Dior died and Yves Saint Laurent like abruptly took over he made uh, this whole collection of pea coats and like Mrs. Prada totally knows about that but like but, but, hmm. I don't know maybe but probably not <laughs> But I think yeah. that there are these kinds of clothes that just like reward that or encourage that sort of, um, and also just like, the, again, this like cult of Prada encourages that kind of like hunting for this sense of um, order. Yeah, what's her logic? What's her reason? What's, what's she thinking about? Yeah, what's she trying to tell us? It's sort of funny that um, Prada and Raph, you know, it, it independently and, and now together have like created this they just stoked such a such a fierce like cult following that like Raph and Mucha can't design an oversized bomber without a lot of people sort of freaking out and being like, whoa, it's just like 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 you were saying, like <laughs> is this like a riot, riot, riot moment? Like, you know, the thirty thousand yeah. dollar Grails camo bomber, like, you know, is this is this a callback to that to the to this, you know, and 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 to like 
you know, people were even like reading into like the politics of that. Like, wow, think about what was happening at the time of Riot, Riot, Riot. Like, is this on Raph's mind? And it's like, you know, it's like fun to sort of like conspiracy theory, theory like th these designs a little bit, but it's also like, I, I think I, I'm sure that that's why Raph and Mutual like to do these Q and A's afterwards because they want to be able to explain themselves and not like let the echo chamber sort of go wild, like over, you know, the, the, the implication or the meaning of an oversized bomber silhouette, which is like, you know, a fairly like common, you know, garment, I guess, especially in Raph's world. I mean, one, yeah, one of the things that um, Mutual Prada keeps saying as an aside in interviews, and every time she said it, no one has like kind of said, well, what do you mean by that? Because I would love to hear her talk about this for like 20 <laughs> minutes. She says that um, everyone wants fashion to solve political problems and it can't. And I keep seeing her huh. saying that over and over again. And I just like, I completely agree with, with that. Um, and, but I, of course she has such an interesting mind. I would love to hear her explain more of like flesh out what what exactly she means by that. And I think that that was part of maybe her intention with with saying this show is just about like touch and connection um, and intimacy. And it's it's about like the textures and the tactility of the collections and the and the garments themselves rather than some kind of overarching theme about where we can all go from here because I don't think that we have like messianic fashion designers in that way or we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. One thing that occurred to me in in this like in this moment is that I don't think people made a big enough deal about about this partnership in general. I feel like it was like the news was taken as like another designer change up, another fashion industry sort of stunt or um you know rearrangement, but didn't really fully process how monumental this would be like if like if Bob Dylan and Madonna just decided like, hey, uh, we're actually, we're from now on, we're making music together. This is how this is going to work. Our albums are going to be joint albums and all of our songs will be co-written by the two of us. Like it's, I just feel like it was too easily accepted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've been thinking about that so much. Um, like It just feels like why? this is like, also like the idea that there are, like even putting aside who it is, the idea that two people are at the head of a fashion, a major like billion dollar fashion brand and they're, they're saying every collection is an exchange of ideas and a dialogue between the two of us. Yeah. No one does that. Nobody does that. Yeah. The way that every fashion house works is that there is someone at the top, even if it's like perfunctory or for image purposes and they're handing down everything. They're like, this is what this season is about. This is what yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about. And I just, I think you're completely correct, Noah, that like uh, the historic nature of this has been underappreciated. And like, yeah, I, it's just been like totally normalized. Everyone's just like, oh, cool. Now it's time to see the next Raph and this is product collection. And it's just like, it hasn't, and I don't know. I don't know what an appropriate response to, to it would be, but it's, it's, it's pretty surreal. Um, I think, yeah, especially for exactly the reason you just laid out, especially two designers who are so fiercely independent and, 
and have been for so long. I mean, obviously Raph has worked, worked in other places other than his own business. Um, Mucha hasn't really, um, but still, I mean, they're, they're famously independent and um, so even more remarkable for that reason. I did see that um, unrelated, but I just needed to say that the zip shirt from spring 21 that I'm obsessed with is starting to hit stores. Oh my um, we got to go back to the epicenter. I know we got to go shopping again. I don't know what to you know, do. I, fire I, up the I, truck and come down. We'll meet, we'll meet you on Broadway. How sick would it be if I, when I just like pull up to the front of the Prada Broadway epicenter in the Tacoma and Sam and Rachel are sitting in the back, like <laughs> on hay bales. <laughs> no. Cool. One more, one, one thing that um, Rachel and I called out um, before we started recording is the, uh, is the corduroy pieces in the show are really strong. Um, these like what three overcoats, these three, oh, these three yeah. overcoats towards the end. Um, there's one in like, in like, baby pink one in bright yellow and one in sort of like a midnight blue um and it's really beefy really velvety diagonal um corduroy very the tactility really came through in these i thought that just about everything every individual piece in the entire show is extremely dope <laughs> that's my review like every sweater was fucking cool every jacket was cool every trouser looked extremely cool all those shoes were cool all the layering, like there were little, like just like glimpses of like a V-neck sweater and some crazy color here and there, like all that long john base layer knit stuff, I think is super cool. Um, I did not care for the boys, like just wearing the onesies, like dancing. I felt like that felt, I, I thought that felt um, kind of forced and weird. You're like, why are you dancing through this like fur rum cool house maze? Frankly, it's terrifying and you should you know, put the rest of your clothes on. I think Raph said that that was spontaneous, actually. Um, I know, I read that. The models were just like, the models were just fucking grooving in their onesies and like feeling themselves. I think he asked them to groove. I don't think they were actually grooving. That seemed like a, like, please, please dance alone in this room. I mean, it's sort of a great feeling. Like, I can think, I have many fond memories of like, snowboard trips where uh you know uh you're just chilling with the homies and your long johns like kind of doing like an opera in the condo kind of vibe uh everyone's in in um technical body con someone drops someone drops the dope fashion paris fashion week playlist and you just start absolutely going (laughs) ham (laughs) yeah i can't wait to get one of these one i can't wait to get one of these onesies i hope they produce them I can't wait for you to have one. It's a yeah, it's a good do idea. It's like, it, do you think it would be inappropriate to like walk walk around Chinatown, like go grab a coffee in the onesie and like the big platform derbies? I think that's all. I you think can it's do. sort of yeah, that's kind of your only option. I think yeah, it always depends on like that the the kind of density and like the drape of the fabric. Like if it has a little. You know, it, those things can sometimes be too revealing in sort of a uh, inappropriate way. Right. It also depends if it does indeed have a butt flap or not. Yeah, that's a big important factor. Um, well, there's lots more fashion to come. I got an invite to the Rick Owens show today. Um, that happens later this week. I don't, and uh, 
I guess I guess it's all ha- it's all going to happen this week. Rachel, do you, do you have an up, a fashion week update? What are we what are we looking forward to? Do we have a couple weeks of nonstop uh, uh, trip? You know, high level fashion it's, programming to look forward to. I would say it's more like a week of um, high level fashion programming. And is it just like a few cool things here and there? Is there anything like uh, as momentous as this coming up? Or what are you I excited? Think this is to probably the big highlight of the season, but that Rick show should be really great. I'm sure Loewe is yeah. going to be really cool. So we'll be back for more. This is the emergency pod. Um, so we're going to, uh, you can't do like vibes or anything like that. Anything cool during an emergency type of situation. Episode two, 618, episode 118 of GQ's podcast about clothes. Um, America's first line of defense against bad fits. And, um, whack shit um thanks for joining us